Hello, I'm Rick Lancaster. Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bible as we study through God's Word together. It's my hope that as we go through these messages that we will all grow in our understanding of God's Word. As we grow in our understanding, we'll also be better equipped to glorify God, bless others, and grow faith ours and others. If you have any questions about anything in this teaching, send me a message. I would love to connect with you. With that said, let's get into the Word and see what the Spirit would say to us today. As we uh, the future today meeting today, today, future to meet, okay, never mind. No, right this minute. All right, so as a church, I mean, this is obvious. Anybody that's been around us for very long uh, know we stand with Israel. And um, we believe that what God's Word says about uh, the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, and, and we, we believe that, and we act like we believe it. And so the things that we do, the things that we say, are focused on that reality that we stand with Israel. Now, he has made eternal promises to them that he's not going to go back on. He's not going to change his mind about. And they are his people, and he's not going to cancel them. No one can cancel them or override them. That God's will, God's word on those things is certain and sure. And throughout history, our country, the United States, has, a, has had a varied relationship with Israel, you know, in, in many cases as allies and friends. You know, the, the, the current establishment or, 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 or administration, not so much. Uh, they're less faithful to Israel. They're less committed to Israel um, and, and unfortunately do some things that, that are um, contrary to the, 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 the good of Israel. Some nations, like Iran, are openly hostile to Israel. In fact, uh, it was alluded to earlier that um, the, the reality that Iran is um, actively developing nuclear weapons um, and, and that that development is a threat to Israel because Iran is openly calling for the destruction of Israel and the destruction of the Jewish people. As far as they're concerned, they shouldn't even exist. And so the fear is if Iran develops a nuclear weapon that they will use it on Israel. And that fear is very strong in the nation of Israel. And many believe that should Iran ever get close to a nuclear weapon that Israel is going to have to do something to deal with it before um, they have an opportunity to use it. And so that's just something that I'm sure, I don't know if Randy's going to talk about that today or not, but it's something to keep our eyes open. Don't be surprised if we hear something going on over there because Israel will do whatever it takes to defend themselves and they have a right to do that. I mean, that, it just in the same way as if Canada was hostile toward us and not that that's probably a very high probability, but, you know, and, and they wanted to, you know, wanted to nuke us, we wouldn't let them develop a nuclear weapon either. And so uh, we would protect ourselves, protect our people. Um, you know, Israel, or excuse me, Iran is not alone in their hatred of Israel. Many countries are openly hostile toward Israel. And, um, and, and, and the question is, why? Why does the world hate Israel the way that they do? Why for this nation that is so small? You know, it's, you know I think they say it's estimated about the size of New Jersey. So it's this relatively small place. 
Why such animosity? You know, so much so that in the UN, you know, there, there are overwhelmingly more uh, resolutions against Israel than, almost, than any other nation on earth, practically. Mm -hmm. You know, periodically some nations rise up to the top, but over time it's Israel, 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 Israel. Why? Why so much? It's not because they're this horrible nation, because there's some really horrible nations in this world that are doing terrible things. And Israel, you know, it seems to be draw all of this hatred, all of this animosity. Why is that? Let's turn to Revelation 12, and we're going to look at a text that, that points to, the, to the, the answer to the why question. You know, you know this tiny nation, and, and since 1948, um, you know, when they reformed, God has blessed them abundantly. They, you, if you were to look at what God has done in the nation of Israel since 1948 and the way that they've prospered and flourished and, and developed as a nation, you can only, I mean, you, you can only conclude from people who actually believe in God that God has his hand upon them. God is blessing them, which is odd because they are so far from him, but he's still, he's doing it because he promised to take care of them. They are his people, the chosen people. You know, less than a decade before Israel was formed, the Germans were trying, the Nazis were trying to annihilate them. And so, you know, from what, from the, from the Holocaust to 1948 to today, they have, they have flourished and abounded. Hatred for the Jews has a long history, long history, it goes back for centuries. But where does it come from? And why is it so pronounced? We see an answer here in this vision that the Apostle John gets while in exile on the Isle of Patmos. In Revelation 12, verse 1, 1 and 2. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then, with being, then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Now if we compare this vision with a dream that Joseph had, in Genesis 37, we, we interpret this vision that the sun is Jacob, the moon is Rachel, the 12 stars are the 12 sons of, of Jacob or Israel. Then the woman then is Israel. And Israel is in, in, she, is in um, she is with child. So verse 3. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child. As soon as it was born, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled in the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. Now this is pointing to, talking about many of the aspects of it is pointing to the end times. But the great fiery red dragon is Satan. It is, it is a depiction of Satan. Not that he is a dragon, but the, his, his character and nature is that of a dragon. He sought to devour the child as he was being born. That's the picture here. And if you'll notice that the word child is capitalized and it's saying to us that this is not just any child. It is a very specific child. It is 
it is the Messiah. It is the Savior of the world. Um, it was the Savior born to the Virgin Mary, um, and they called him Jesus. So Satan attempted to kill the child as it was being born by motivating Herod to kill all of the boys in Bethlehem at or around the birth of Christ. And, and since then, Satan has been doing everything he can to try to dis- destroy the work of the Messiah. And, and, and that, that goes back not just to the time of the birth of Christ, but all the way back to the garden. And when after the fall, um, and, and God cursed the serpent, then from then on, he's been actively working against the, 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 the coming of the Messiah and, and resisting it. And we see that all throughout history. Jump down to verse 13. It says this, Now when the dragon, Satan, saw that he had been cast to the earth, and he's kicked out of heaven, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. That'd be Israel. He persecuted Israel, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring to keep the, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So the dragon, Satan, is enraged with the woman, and that and that rage continues to this day. It will manifest it and 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 reach its peak in the end times, in this time right before the second coming. But but this this hatred for Israel comes right out. It's a manifestation of Satan's hatred of Israel. So when we see these things happening, like with Iran and and all of the nations doing all the things they're doing, including our own, that is a manifestation of Satan's um, hatred, his rage in regarding to Israel. And so where is all the hatred coming from? It's coming right out of the we say right out of the pit of hell. It's coming out of the heart of Satan. It is satanic. It is demonic. It is evil incarnate. It is, the, it is because Satan hates God and because he can't attack God, he, he creates, he creates, he attacks those that have, that have this special place in God's heart and who has, no one has a place in God's heart like the Jewish people. And so he attacks them. But notice it also says not just them, uh, but all of those who 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 love God, who who are um, His, are God's people, and so not only is He going to attack ultimately Israel, but He's also going to come after. And we see this going on. We see the attacks against the church. We see the the attacks against religious liberty. All these attacks are satanic, and we need to understand that Satan is real. Satan is involved. Satan is active in the world. He's not behind every bush. You know, so we don't blame everything on him. Some of it's because people are evil and wicked themselves. But much of this, the, 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 the hatred of Israel is unnatural. It, it, it makes no logical sense. And so it is not a natural hatred. It has to be a supernatural hatred. And that supernatural hatred can come from only one place, and that is Satan directly. And so that's why we see these things, the attacks against Israel, the anti-Semitism that's rising around the world. All of that stuff is, is a fruit of, of Satan's hatred 
for God first, but then also for God's chosen people because the Jewish people are, are, are a representation of God's unfailing love and unbreakable promises that, that they, as long as they exist, they scream to the rest of the world that God keeps his promises and that he's chosen these people and, and he, he will do anything he can to try to wipe them out. We, we know, the Bible tells us very clearly, he's not going to be successful. Doesn't mean he's not going to try. And he's going to keep trying right up to, to the time that, that God sends an angel to grab him by the neck and cast him into the pit. So, <clears throat> he's not going to make it. He's not going to succeed. You know, we as a church have to be careful because we recognize, well, we are not going to be the direct assault like, like, like Israel will, that he's, gonna, he's going to, his, his anger at God, his anger at anyone who worships God, who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ, he hates us too. And so we should not be surprised when we see the things going on around that, that we do, some of the, the attacks on church, some of the attacks on our ability to worship God freely. All of those things are at the very root, very heart, are satanic because of their hatred, because there's no other reason to do it. There's no other reason to hate Christians than the fact that we believe in God, that we love God, and we are objects of God's love and his special favor. And because of that, the, those that are of the world hate the fact that we have that relationship with God. And so they, they are going to do what they're going to do. So as a church, we will stand with Israel. We'll continue to stand with Israel. So turn to 2 Corinthians now. One last thing, and then I'm going to give up the microphone to Randy if I don't go for another hour. Now, the fact that we stand with Israel does not mean that we agree with everything they do or say. The, the reality is, is that they are chosen people, God's chosen people, but most of them are spiritually far from God, which means that they're going to do things that are spiritually far from God. That's just the reality. If you're far from God, you're going to do things that are spiritually far from God. Um, so they rejected their long-awaited Messiah, and because of the rejection, they view things as, as through a veil. In 2 Corinthians 3, uh, starting in verse 12, it says this, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds, this is, this is the Jews he's speaking to, were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. He's saying that when the Jews read the Old Testament, there's a veil over their eyes that doesn't allow them to see clearly because they do not, they rejected Jesus Christ and God has, God has put a veil over them. It's a judgment that God has put over them because they have rejected their Messiah. God, you know, they were waiting for a Messiah. He came, they rejected him. Nope, you're not the Messiah we want. We're waiting for another one. Okay, so okay, God put a veil over their eyes. It's a form of judgment that he did to them. And, and it goes on. Um, but even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The only way to, the only way to be able to see it, to understand it, you know, the things of God is to believe in Christ. The veil is taken away. Then you can, they can then clearly see those things. Verse um, 17. Now the Spirit 
the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so, and so the Jews, as they're, as they're you know, going through it, those that are practicing a form of Judaism, are, 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 you know, they're going through, they're looking at the scriptures, but they're not, they're not getting anything out of it because they have, they, you know, they, 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 God calls them to the same thing he called us to. He called us to faith in Jesus Christ. That's right. And if they don't accept Jesus Christ, then, then they're not going to benefit from the reading of the Scriptures. In the same way that unbelievers, if an unbeliever, a Gentile, were to read the Scriptures without faith, they're, they're of little value to them. They're not going to get anything out of it. The same kind of a veil that is over the eyes of the, of the Jew is over the eyes of the Gentiles. Spiritual things can only be interpreted with spiritual eyes. And the spiritual eyes are only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. And so as the Jews are going through this, they're not getting it. And because they're, because they're, they're not viewing the world through spiritual eyes, they're viewing it view through carnal and worldly eyes. And so you know, they, you know, they are far from God, and so they are making decisions that are contrary to God and His will. They are, you know, as a nation, they're becoming more and more liberal not unlike our nation, maybe not as bad as our nation. Well, maybe you probably you could argue it both ways. They're, they're they're not that far off from us. God has a plan to bring them back, and and that's what we rejoice in. That we we hope in that the reality that there's going to come a time at the end. Unfortunately, at the end of the tribulation period, there are going to be some that will be saved, and and the, a, a remnant will be saved and will come to faith. And it's our hope. That before that, that some will, you know, will, will open their spiritual eyes and, through faith and see Jesus Christ as their Messiah. So when we say we stand with Israel, what we're saying is that we're saying that we believe what God says about them. And, and, and one of the, some of the main things that we believe is in their, in their right to exist, you know, that they, were, they are God's chosen people, so they have a right to exist. And not only do they have a right to exist, they have a right to exist in the promised land, in the land of Israel. And so when we say we stand with Israel, those are, the, that's, those are the primary things that we're saying. We're not saying we agree with everything that they do or say. We say we agree that they have a right to exist and they have a right to exist in the land. Those are the, those are the main things. But as long as Israel exists, Satan is going to keep coming after them. And, and as we approach the end days, we should see those, those assaults, those attacks, um, um, you know, magnify and get, get more and more. Um, you know, he, Satan is going to hate Israel until, until Satan is taken out. And, and he's going to communicate that hate. He doesn't do it directly. He does it through proxies. He does it through nations. He does it through groups. He does it through individuals. He does it through those who have rejected God and are opposed to his righteous will. And in, in addition to outright hostility, like Iran's outright hostility and other nations like them, there are other forces at work as well. You, you're probably familiar with the term BDS. If you're familiar with that, it means boycott, divest, and sanction. And it, it's an attempt to isolate Israel from the rest of the world so that Israel is alone in the world. 
Um, and the idea then, if we, if we can make Israel alone in the world, then they're much easier to wipe out. Um, but right now, um, they are very influential in the world. So anytime you see anything about that, people talking about boycotting Israel or pulling investments out of Israel or you know, companies that are associated with Israel or putting sanctions on Israel, that's what that's about. It's anti-Semitism, it's anti-God, and it is, it is a manifestation of Satan's hatred toward Israel being, and using these different things. There's other ways that it's happening as well, but those are just some of them. Until Christ, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, returns and defeats Satan once for all, the world will continue to hate Israel. That's just the way it's going to be. And the, 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 I was gonna, you know, no group, not even the UN, UN hates Israel, so that's not, that's not going to, they're going to be Sorry. no help at all. Um, you know, we ought, to be, we ought to be doing some things. First, we ought to pray for the Jews as a people group. We ought to pray for the Jewish people. We ought to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We ought to pray that, that some would respond to the gospel and receive Jesus as their Messiah. We, can, we could pray for all of them, but the Bible says clearly that, that they're not all going to do it, but we should pray that some would, and they would do it now, mm-hmm. rather than waiting until, the, you know, until after we're gone, you know, because then, then it'll be terrible, and it'll be horrible for them. But we ought to be praying that they get saved. Pray for Israel's government. Randy does that all the time. Pray that they would humble themselves before God, you know, and... and even the same way that we ought to pray that for our own nation, mm-hmm. but we're, our topic is Israel, that Israel would repent and humble themselves before God and seek his will and his way. Pray that our government would seek to be Israel's um, friend, that, we, that they would seek uh, Israel's good and that they would stand with her and as opposed to uh, their current stance, which is um, apart, um, they're, they're not necessarily standing against, though you could argue that if you will, but they're certainly standing apart from Israel. And that's not, that's not how we should be. As a nation, we, especially this nation, we ought to be standing with Israel because we're, we are, our foundations are built upon the same foundations ultimately that theirs are, you know, the, the truth of the word of God, you know, and, the, and, and, and if Israel is supposed to be that, we should be standing with her. Israel is the apple of God's eye. That's right is today, yesterday, today, and forever. And he loves her, and so should we. Amen? Um, just a couple of things. Um, the, the reason that we know that our government is not um, supporting Israel, um, the first lady just went over to the Mideast uh, to do a tour, and guess what country she did not go to? Mm. Israel. Israel. Um, that is a slight towards Israel that is purposeful. It's meaningful. Um, and then the other thing, the BDS that Pastor Rick was talking about, the BDS um, just was voted in uh, one of the UN sanctions um, that it is not anti-Semitic. That's what the UN thinks, that the BDS boycotting and divesting and sanctioning is not anti-Semitic. Well, if it's not, and you're taking everything away from it, what would it be? But that's what the UN believes, you know. And then the last thing I'll share that is like that is the fact that Iran just was voted the vice president of um, um, 
the UN. Um, now, how could Iran, that hates Israel, get voted in as a, um, you know, the vice president of that? Um, so it just shows you that there is uh, um, a reason uh, for these things beginning to happen where all of the world is going to turn its back on Israel. And the reason that uh, Pastor Rick and I wanted to talk about or to share about, you know, the fact that Israel... Um, is hated for a purpose, we need to understand that, you know, that there is reason and it's a spiritual reason as to why um, um, Israel is hated. It, there is a reason and it goes all the way back to Ishmael and, you know, even before that. But it's so important that we understand this scripture because um, one person that I was re um, reading an article about this particular issue said, make no mistake about it. The evil one hates you, meaning Israel, and I'm adding your born again commitment that the church has. Because it's then is extrapolated from Israel um, as God's chosen people to the church. And so when you read um, that the dragon was enraged with the woman, meaning Israel, and then after the woman was, um, you know, able to get away, um, what does the enemy do? And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, which was those remaining that become, during the tribulation, um, Christians, born again. You know, not part of the church, but they're born again. And so the enemy is unleashed because he couldn't get a hold of the rest of the Jews that are going to be protected. He's going after all of the other people that um, may form a relationship with, with um, um, Jesus. Those things are important because as we look at prophecy, we begin to see that the whole process is gearing itself, uh, the end times is gearing itself to the culmination, which means that Jesus is gonna return. We know that certain things are going to happen, rapture is going to happen, and then the tribulation, and then the great tribulation. Those are things that we know are going to happen. And so we wanted to make sure that we um, speak to the fact as to the why that Israel is hated so much. And it's, it's a very scriptural um, issue, and so is the hatred of the church and those that will be born again during the tribulation. We need to understand that and um, know that scripture tells us that. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. It's one of my core beliefs that the Bible or Word of God has the power to transform our lives. It's my hope that these messages will help you to do just that and to glorify God and bless others and grow faith. If there's anything that we can do to help you with that, don't hesitate to connect with me. You'll find ways to do that in the show notes. In the show notes, you'll also find links to my sermon notes and other resources to help you in your study of God's Word. And sometimes we do need help to grow in our faith. If there's anything that I can do, don't hesitate to connect with me. I love talking to God's people about God and His Word. So send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them. This message was shared at Calvary Chapel French Valley in Murrieta, California. If you'd like more information about the church, go to calvaryfv.com. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, stay in the word and have a radical week with Jesus.